Have a yeah. Happy New Year. Merry New 2014s. We we officially call it 2014 now. Even the even the holdouts can't still be caught saying 2014. No, no, I agree. 2014. Oh, I preferred 2012. That sounded much 2012 nicer. 2012 was 2012 because of twit 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 the can never be beaten. I like the people who get cross about it going, oh, 20. Like, and what were you calling the last century? And then they go, oh, yeah. oh, 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 oh. Why don't we just call every year 2012 from now on because it flows much better. Okay. Okay, so welcome to 2012, part two. And of course, at this very moment, Lucy is marching and sort of meowing. What does she want? She wants to be played with, I imagine. She's just woken up from it. I assume she's been asleep all afternoon. As she yeah. hasn't seen her this afternoon. She's so lazy. I know, it's almost like she sleeps 18 hours a day like a normal kitten. Which Dexter never did. Dexter said about three minutes a day. Never does. Still speak about him in the in the. No, he was. He, he may well still be alive. He's certainly still not a kitten. I would disagree with that. Finch is still a kitten. She didn't pass her exam. Yes, for some reason, she got, this is true. Because she got her head stuck in in a fence. I had another false alarm about Dexter today. Someone called up, but I guessed it was just the same kitten as it always was, and I was right. It was just. I asked how big it was, and she said it was quite small. And I said, like, oh, "That's not well, my cat. That's but, not my cat." But what keeps happening with that kitten? There's a Why kitten people... with his soul patch uh, on. And so... Yeah, but why do people keep finding it? I don't know. This is the thing. This is some... Obviously, it's just a kitten that prowls around that area of town. And so I think that certainly two of the calls have come from the same region. Yes. Episode 150 today. Yes. We were supposed to have it's, uh, uh, Judge Cox come on, but we didn't. That's, no, not, that's, the concept was introduced to me minutes ago. Yes. Anyway, but that's the exciting news about the topic this week. What is it? The topic for our 150th, 115th episode is our very okay. special guest, Mr. Stephen Fry. That's our topic. That's our topic. <laughs> oh, bugger, we can't talk about that, him. That's the way it goes. So, moving on, I found this. I can't remember when. It was so long ago. Bah. And I don't know no, what it is Stephen. Yet. This may turn yeah. out to be really disappointing. Okay, what did you find? Um, or it may be brilliant, I'm not sure. It's called An Amazing New Book, Origins of Species Revisited. Revisit? Oh, yes, part, part two, what he forgot. <laughs> That's right. Groundbreaking discovery, ellipsis. A simple mm-hmm. beach pebble reveals how the mighty pyramids were built. Oh. Reverse theory, order your copy today. Oh, well, they're, they're certainly not revealing much. No. So um, I've opened up the pamphlet. Uh-huh. New light is thrown on the origins of mankind. Mm-hmm. That was for the uh, our foreign listeners the origins of mankind. Okay. Reverse theory. This is with a capital R and a capital T. I hope you're taking. Are you taking notes? Yes. Reverse, reverse theory. theory will revolutionise. That's already got confusing. Mm-hmm. It's reversing and revolving the way we mm-hmm. view the world and transform the way we consider our existence. It will shake up and challenge many of our preconceived ideas. And, above all, it will bring about profound change. Do you know what? What's that? I bet you, I bet you it won't. <laughs> no, I'm fairly sure. I'm I mean, they prepared wouldn't be a... to bet you £10.50 that it's not going to bring about any profound change at all. But how would they be allowed to write that if it weren't true? Well, that is a point. Surely yeah. they'd be arrested by Theresa May for being annoying. Yeah. Oh yes, under the new "Don't Be Annoying" law. I think it's a brilliant idea because is there a more annoying human being alive than Theresa May? 
It's like a villain yeah. falling into her own trap. Yes, um, Nick Clegg. <laughs> no, he's a more despicable human being. I don't think he's more annoying. Yeah, um, Boris Johnson called Nick Clegg um, David Cameron's condom, his prophylactic. And he says he's, he's, he's a lapdog who was skinned and then they use the skin for a shield. <laughs> Which, I, you know, whatever you think of Boris Johnson, that does summarise him quite well. So he seems quite annoying as well. He'd be arrested by Theresa May. Yes. Anyway, so, so yeah, this so amazing we, new we, book, we, Nick, this amazing yes. new book questions some of today's most trusted and revered theories. Yeah, theories which have been was in existence for hundreds. Lizards, what? Sorry, you're talking over me. Was it the aliens or the lizards? Well, just we're just. Skipped skipped I don't know. As I'm telling you, I haven't read it on purpose. Okay. These are theories which have been in existence for hundreds, even thousands of years, and unlike mm. many books that only question, this unique work provides possible answers to some of the world's greatest mysteries. Lucy, really, right now? I just ignore her. She's playing in her cardboard box full of scraps of paper, full of uh, brown paper, which is Good. very well, noisy. Well, maybe Lucy is trying to distract you from revealing the truth to everybody. <gasps> she says, we're not ready for the It's truth. about the pyramids and she's a cat. Uh-oh. Uh. Spooky. If she claws her, if she suddenly claws your eyes out about now, you'll know that we're, they're onto something. We will. Do let me know if she does claw your eyes out. I will. Out. I'll, be, I'll be sure to bring it up. Okay. This is the life of its... This is the life work of its author, a man who has dared to challenge science at last. And has been... Well, somebody is dared to challenge science. Lucy was in complete silence for all the time I stopped talking. And the minute I stopped talking, she starts rustling in. She's just like you. She wants to challenge science as well. She does. Um... He's challenging science has been taken on an incredible, life-changing journey. The result of this journey, reverse theory. We're going to get there soon, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. By reading this book, you will open the door. Well, we won't get there because the book is clearly... They don't want to... What do they say? They don't want to sell the farm or whatever they say. <laughs> That's right. They don't want to eat the cake before it's hot. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, it will, you know, so it, I wonder but, whether we're just going to be held... A, it's going to hold a tantalising promise without ever revealing anything. So I'm worried that it'll be like a sneeze that never happens. This. It could well be. But Nick, I'm just getting Nick, worried. Nick, by yeah. reading this book, you will open the door to a new way of thinking. With every... with every new page you'll be led into a world of unimaginable answers answers what, even the e- even the copyright page oh well i'm assuming so answers oh my goodness this is copyright print your own books limited <laughs> copyright my mum limited <laughs> yes my mum xerox machine limited answers answers to which have the power to change your life using a simple beach pebble we learn how mm. the mighty pyramids were built the astounding true yeah, meaning of he- the astounding true meaning of hell is revealed, mm-hmm. and we discover the eye-opening truths about the rightful age of this planet. The rightful age. Plus, get ready for a new theory of evolution. Move over, okay. Mister Darwin. You've got competition. It doesn't say that. Does it's, it? I promise it does. <laughs> Does it really say that? That's that's the topic. Uh, well, that's the uh, subject of this yes. thing when you post up. Move over, Mister Darwin. You've got competition. Exclam! This is one book you cannot afford to miss. No. The journey to true enlightenment, enlightenment isn't to the start or end of the journey. It's the journey itself. Ah, that's uh, for our aphorisms. Where did you get this pump? Where did you get this pump? I can't remember. Where I got it now. Get ready for the mm. ride of a lifetime. I mean, reverse theory. The must-have new book. The book will change science. The book will change you. This is the beginning of a new era of thought. Prepare to be amazed. I'm preparing. I've, I've got myself a flask of tea and a big pillow. <laughs> Pyram- it says on the front of the book, pyramids reveal their secret. 
how they were built, entrance to the afterlife, and much, much more. No, the pebble does that. <laughs> then underneath that it says, Evolution, the great science delusion, rolling pebbles form square grit, I don't think so. What does that mean? Well, when did Darwin say that? You'll have to buy the book. <laughs> How much does the book cost? I can order this book directly at www.reversetheory.com. I'm surprised it's not reversetheory.geocities.com. <laughs> yeah. I enclose a check slash postal order payable to Reverse Theory for £15 plus postage of packaging of £3 to UK, etc. Okay. So well, it's only £18. I believe eighteen pounds is something that's going to change all of science. There are some there are some reviews. Do you want some reviews on the back of the leaflet? Obviously, not the actual from, reviews from, from from Mr. Nutter and yes. who else? The top of the page of reviews. Mary in, made up name in blue on blue says "Wow" in huge letters. Uh-huh. And so, okay, so this is Jennifer Wooten, BA Ons in Biblical Studies, Sheffield. Right. I read your book avidly. It was amazing and impressive. Your theory on pyramids sounds much more plausible than the accepted theories, and your theory on pebbles is revolutionary. I will always question the, quotes norm in future. Well, I've gone to his about page, yes. the, the author whose name is Christopher, and it says, Christopher has always been adamant. Under no circumstances could I have left my findings unpublished. To have lost this incredible knowledge would have been a monumental tragedy. <laughs> Michael Young of London. He doesn't have a BA ons. Oh, oh, oh. Do you know why he goes on about pebbles? No, go on. He lives in Brighton. Uh, Well, there you go. This is the most plausible theory on pyramid building I have ever heard. And it seems so obvious. Yes. Well, Dave Osborne of Worthington. I've got that here too. Go on. This guy could be considered the next Einstein. (laughs) He could be cited as a world genius. Or... John, yes. this is the alternative. <laughs> His words could be dismissed as the ramblings of a lunatic. <laughs> Who knows? I think I know. He, he says, he goes on, personally, I think reverse theory is fantastic, and I believe what he says is absolutely right. On the, so on the, the pamphlet the, version of that quote. I think the pyramids were made by pebbles from Brighton Beach, all having sex. Opening a gateway to hell. <laughs> yes. Well, it's available. It's available on Kindle. Oh, good. Do you think you might so, read you know, it? Well, there's some select chapters that 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 we can read. Rolling pebbles Sue form Hewitt. square grit. I don't think so. Well, uh, Sue Sue Hewitt from Hertfordshire says, "I'm stunned. If this book is right, and I think it is, the science deities, the science deities, uh, are in for a shock. Those science gits. I'm going to tell Laura her her job's basically over." Yeah. Oh, selected chapter titles. That's not selected oh. chapters. I feel cheated. Is there no look inside the book? Um, I don't think so. No. I'm going to go to Amazon and find out. This is this what is what the podcast, 150 podcast, is all about now. But what is very? Oh, what tell, tell, oh there is a look inside. Oh, Christopher Ball, the tale of the humble beach pebble. A note to. A note to the reader, as I cannot spell, read or write particularly well, this book has been a feat within itself that it got this far. (laughs) (laughs) Hooray for Microsoft Word. Oh, she goes on though, doesn't he? I was 40 years old before I knew the difference between writing there and there, where and where, even where and... Yeah, okay, but it's not something to boast about. 
Hooray for Microsoft Word. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, I wouldn't mind reading this book now, just to, obviously, it's nonsense, but to see inside his mind would be fascinating to a degree. On the other hand, it might just be very dull. How was your uh, Christmas? He was a genius on the level of Einstein, but he can't write. Mm. It was okay. It was fine. It was Christmas. You know, it's not that exciting. How was Hanukkah? Um, Christmas is fine. Oh, dear. I've just looked at the reviews. Oh, no. only received two star and one star reviews. Oh, poor The the first topic is, I wanted to like it, and the second topic is, needs to learn to write. (laughs) Oh, dear. Someone here says it's not even an interesting read. The author should consider doing an open university degree in geology. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, it's so sad. Still, there you go. So anyway, did, so you, uh, had, you had your crimble at home, didn't you? Yes, we had some friends over. I wasn't invited. No. No. Like I say. You had some friends yes. over. Yes. And did you make the turkey? Yes, I made it from scratch. And the pumpkin pie, you made it out of your own toenail clippings. You wove a turkey. I didn't make pumpkin pie because it was Christmas, not Thanksgiving. Same thing. No, they're not. Which do you prefer? Uh, Thanksgiving. I think so as well. Did you know that Jingle Bells was originally a Thanksgiving song? I did not. Now you do. I do know that. Well done. Yes, so I um, we had a brisket rather than a turkey, just to be iconic. That's like a that's like a box of bris, right? <sighs> is, uh, you've been whinging a lot about Sherlock Holmes. Brisket's really yummy. It is. It's the best. It's the best of the beefs, actually. Oh, with, of, of, with the beefs, it. there's no question. Yeah, I mean, an amazingly Tell- well-made medium-cooked beef burger is good, but I prefer the brisket. Brisket is. I, I shall one day make you a brisket, and then you'll be amazed. Good. I made brisket the other day. Why have you been whinging about um, Sherlock Holmes so much? It doesn't have to be Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's Sherlock. No, but Holmes. it has to just be a guy that's to... sort of called Sherlock Holmes and is entertaining. But it has to be entertaining. And that's I, yeah, what I think. Everybody, I think everybody agrees that it is entertaining. It was the first six were. Really? Yes. What was really wrong with this? The latest one. It was mm-hmm. just interminably boring. Was the most the, the the major problem with it? I was shouting at the screen in in anger that it wasn't stopping. Hmm. I think you're unfair because actually it was a fairly enjoyable romp. It wasn't. It just wasn't. There was nothing enjoyable. It was about Sher- it was about this complete failure to understand the character of Sherlock Holmes, who's someone who is a genius, no, not a you, buffoon. You're begging- you're begging the question again. It's not your Sherlock Holmes. But it's a Sherlock Holmes, and the point of a Sherlock Holmes isn't that he's an idiot. If you want to write a version of Sherlock Holmes where he's an idiot, do that. But don't pretend well, he wasn't he's an a idiot. genius he was who just, acts like an idiot. He just finds it difficult to work in social situations. But, so you're saying, so you're, you're, as I said in Twitter, you're being racist against all autistic people. I, I, that, that really doesn't make any sense. I have no objection to people being so, socially awkward. I have an objection So you're to, saying that autistic people can't be clever? No, I'm saying that Sherlock Holmes is meant to be the greatest study of human beings. He knows how to interact with them. He knows how to wear disguises. He doesn't know how to interact with them. He, and he fit knows, in. He, 
he no, he knows how to interpret them, but I don't think he ever knows how to fit in particularly well. He's always quite an awkward, prickly character. He's awkward and prickly because that's who he is and that's who he prefers to be. It's more efficient. But when he's in disguise, when he wishes to blend in, he can do that. He's perfectly capable because he's a genius. <clears throat> he just he just <clears throat> chooses and, and recognises that simpering nonsense like that is unnecessary. Well, you're the one who liked Press Gang. That's all I can tell you. Press Gang was great. Was the same sort of thing. And I think you've just got to accept that Moffat is infantilised and mawkish and infantilising. And then as long as you accept that and that he can never produce anything adult, then you'll just enjoy it. But the first few Sherlock's were genuinely rather good. I think these are acceptable. Oh, I just... Last week's was... was it was entertaining. It had some funny bits in it, but it was mm. incredibly infuriating that the whole episode hung on the premise that Sherlock Holmes can't count. Did you, it seems a little you problematic da- when writing a Sherlock Holmes mystery. Well, Daniel Reavers Perez liked it more than any of the other episodes. Yes, wasn't he? How arch of him. <laughs> Again, you're being racist. Yeah? Against the, against, against the arches. <laughs> I hate those gits. You do hate the archers, though, don't you? The archers. Oh, yeah. I w- I wonder whether would you watch a TV adaptation of the archers? <laughs> Good grief! No, can you imagine it? I wonder why nobody's ever proposed that they must have. Proposed they must have. Day. Yes. Can you imagine it? Sure. I don't understand how anyone is capable of taking the archers. I mean, obviously, most people don't take it that seriously, but it has an extraordinarily huge die-hard following of people who love it yes. with all its quirks and stuff. But I'm not quite sure how anyone can cope listening to it after John Finnemore's amazing piss take. Well, the thing is, it represents a very cosy notion of England, doesn't it? Away from all these awful immigrants and so forth. But not so far as I can tell, because when I listen to it, it, it does just seem to be about plight. That seems to be mm. not, not, not peril, I wouldn't go that far, but... No. People are just generally not... Things aren't going very well for people most of the time. That doesn't seem very comforting to me. It just seems quite agitating. <laughs> well, maybe there's some sort of comfort in that. Maybe. I mean, and feel... it's so ban- they're so, they're so um, banal, the things that are going wrong. The, the, the pigs. One of the pigs has got a sore foot. <laughs> or, or a play Ex- isn't going quite according to plan every what? year. Well, I heard uh, a thing the other day when I was in the kitchen, because, of course, when I turned on the radio, it was naturally the, the artist. Time, time warped and yeah. bent itself around to make it two o'clock. And, yes. uh, and there are these um, two brothers who were fighting with each other because one stole the other one's wife at some stage, oh. and they've got a kid. And the, the, the naughty brother shot the other father's dog. <laughs> oh, stage. that's how the dog... I heard about the dog dying when in the kitchen and the time warping to two o'clock. <laughs> I didn't know why yeah, the dog he, had been shot. Yeah, the, the, the naughty brother shot it and therefore the son of the other one or his own or whatever, I don't know whose son it actually is, <laughs> Dal doesn't like him anymore. Because I, I heard the end of the episode where the dog was shot and I was not listening, I was in the kitchen washing up or whatever yeah. and it was on in the background and then suddenly I heard this wailing, this gunshot and then this, oh no! I thought, oh my goodness, they've killed a character in the arches. Wow, someone's been shot, that's rather huge. And then they're talking about, like, I thought, it's a kid! They've killed a kid in the arches! Oh my god! And then it was a dog. It would have been good if it were a kid, wouldn't it? It would have been excellent. I love it when children get killed. And even they if did, it's only they... pretend... They did kill off a character in the arches. I've forgotten his name, but he he, he fell off the church roof, uh, not last year, but the year before New Year's Eve or something. And, <laughs> I hear your uh, wife shouting the answer. What's she saying? She's shouting Alistair, <laughs> she knows. 
and and they calculated. Uh, I think they calculated but because he went ah. <laughs> Quite a they calculated that. Yeah, and they calculated that the church must have been something like fifty stories high or something. <laughs> Maybe like it that. is. Have you ever been to Ambridge? Yeah. No. There you go. Have you? Uh, it's quite near here, I believe. Well, it is. It's sort of sort of not quite Coxwolds and not quite Midlands. Yeah, it, it, I, I always thought it was more Midlands, but it, for, I so heard something the other day made me think it's maybe a bit, a bit more toward Devon. Hmm. Yeah. Oh, well. You still have your tree up. <laughs> Thank goodness, no. It's now lying, dying in the front yard because we haven't, we haven't got a saw, we've realised. We can't saw it in half of the council to take it. Was it the correct tree in the end? Because I was there when you bought it. Oh, of course you were, weren't you? Yeah, it, but it sat there getting in the way of stuff for a couple of weeks. Yeah, but was it the correct one? Yeah, I'm sure, probably. Because Laura wanted a very precise configuration for her tree. She did. How, how's, how's that going, by the way? What's that? The, 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 the uh, marriage. The old marriage thing. Hmm. Well, you know. Hmm. It's all right. I mean, I imagine why she wasn't doing science and pottering about at home. When you had the old lady at home rather than going into the office, it must have been a bit annoying oh, for you. It was, it was awful. You must be so happy that she's going back to the office so, while you stay while you stay at home and you can do the dusting. So much, it's so much better now. She was constantly getting under my feet. <laughs> well, it must be what it's like if she retires. And you're oh, no! Fortunately, you don't get to retire from science. You just get absorbed into it. Yes, you become it. No, I'm very... I'm enjoying marriage. It's rather good. You've done it for an awful lot longer than I have. Yeah, but you were you were wondering before you did it whether you would be able to cope with it. Remember? I was just thinking today about how I didn't think I was going to be able to cope without having no. the radio on out loud when I went to sleep. Mm. There were another things, just sleeping with somebody else. Bed, having the same person around all the time, mm-hmm. running out of things to talk about... Um, Finding out that the person you thought was good actually turned out to be rubbish and from the Midlands. You know, that, that kind, kind of thing. thing. The th- as I, I'm sure we've talked about this before, but my number one fear is that I just get bored of one person. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for some reason, I don't get bored of her. So, No. Well, you do get bored of her, but you replenish soon afterwards. Well, I, the thing is, I don't. I don't ever think, oh, God, not Laura again. <laughs> I really don't ever think that, which is rather good. I do. I mean, I have my desired cave times, but it's not an anti-Laura yes. thing. It's a John needs to be on his own or he's going to go insane thing. Mm. Even when we were on the ship, you had to find a cave on the ship, I if did. you remember. I remember we went on the ship. Oh, no, I'm remembering cruise. My my brother's gone on it with his new lady friend, and she she emailed the first two days worth back to her parents and cc'd us, and, and it's like it's the first time she'd been on one, and she mm-hmm. was like totally amazed. Oh my god, it's like a hotel with all the food you want in the world. It's, it's always fun to see somebody's first experience, but I'm sure if you go on another one, you'll be completely jaded and you'll just be annoyed by the service. I'll just uh, criticize. I'll say, oh, it's not as that's not the same it, as the other cruise I once went on. Ah, but Nate, do you remember the name of the ship? The Barefoot Contessa. That's right, because we couldn't remember it last night. It was a celebrity what? It's a, it was the celebrity Mirage. It's not the Mirage. Well, it was the Infinity, wasn't I, it? Yeah. I got it right. You won. You're not yet senile. <laughs> That's good news. Although yeah. I do think someone should name a ship the Barefoot Contessa. Have you had moments of worrying senility of late? No. Like where you've suddenly forgotten a name or you've done the walking upstairs and not realising what you've done, all those sorts of things. I do that all the time. Oh. I've done that ever since I've been alive. True. 
Uh, and but I'm only 36, whether, unlike you. You're much older than me, so... Or whether or whether word doesn't come out properly when you want it to. Well, I've already had that. Just want to read that pamphlet earlier. Yes, it is. How old are you? Are you 37 or 38? Well, I've always said it's been quite dangerous to say such things lest somebody can predict and use that information on a form which gets the password back. So I'm surprised that you've been so keen to divulge it. I like to, I make sure that none of my passwords are dependent on people knowing my widely available birthday. What with Facebook? I don't, I'm not on Facebook. Surely everyone else is, and everyone else's birthday is readily available. So, John, what's your mother's maiden name? Oh, it's uh, Scriddlefludes. Scriddle flutes. She's from uh, uh, she's from Japan. Is she? <laughs> no, obviously. Not. Would you visit Would you visit Japan without the help of a Japanese person? Uh, I would if I were going with a friend who's who's been there before and knows what they're doing. Yeah, I was just wondering what it would be like. Imagine if we just imagine that you and I and Victoria and Laura and Judith and said Lucy. let's and Lucy said let's all go to Japan for a week and we just turned up. <laughs> Japan would be like, what? We weren't expecting you. Oh, everything's a mess. No, we imagine we just turned up. I, I don't think that would work. I mean, it would, there would be some interesting moments, but I just don't think it would work properly. Apparently, even finding directions, they don't use the similar name and street name and number system that they use in this country uh, and things like that. It, it would be, and that's even if you did recognize the alphabet, which you wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I think it would be, it would be very difficult to do without somebody there to guide you to a degree, wouldn't you? I imagine so, but then Japanese tourists seem to do just fine over here, so... Yeah, but I think they're more likely to know some English than we are likely That's to know some Japanese, bearing true. in mind the the size of Japan and the number of people who speak Japanese compared with English in the world. It's just by osmosis. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely right. The fact that films exist... Uh, would you like to? Or some people are absolutely obsessed with visiting the East. <laughs> so, especially Japan. Really people get this weird kind of fetish for going to Japan, which I find they a little do. bit weird. It's just another country. I'd be very interested to go there sometime. It's not like um, mm. on my number one. I think it's. I think my, my problem is that I'd be interested in the spectacle rather than the culture. That's probably not a great reason to go somewhere. Well, it's a fair, perfectly acceptable reason. Why is it not a great reason? I don't know. Just because I think tourists are a bit crap. No, I think you're being unfair, and 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 you, you're, you're you're being a bit. The ladies shouldn't show their boobies because we need to see the content of their character there. I think. <laughs> but I, I, I would definitely be. It's part of your Puritan streak. Oh, def- there's only, the only places in the world I wouldn't be interested to get to are the ones that are in st- stupidly far to travel, or you know where you get murdered for being there. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you get murdered for being there. Places like Australia, I suppose. Exactly. Hmm. I don't know. You see, the thing with Australia is, as we said before, that the, the the trip is just too long. I get, that's it. That's that's my that's all. I, that's, that's my only reason to not go want to go to Australia is yeah. no, it's far too far. So, so if they could bring it a little bit closer, just, I think it would help everybody. All I want, I just want uh, Pangaea back. That's what I need. Yes. But then if you had Pangaea back, then the scorpions could come. That's true too. Oh gosh, all the spiders. Also, you'd be furious because there'd be no boats going anywhere. Well, yes, they would. Of course they would. What are you talking about? Well, they'd have to go all the way around the outside to forever. Well, they could just travel round Pangaea. What was so the sea called around Pangaea? Panagasa or something. It's called the sea. The sea. Because there was only one of them. <laughs> There's the land or the sea, and that's it. <laughs> that's much easier. I like it much better. 
Yeah, so it made geography very easy. <laughs> geography GCSE somewhere in the middle back then. Somewhere in the middle of the land or somewhere in the middle of the sea. That's it. See a lot. It's good. There's quite a lot of directions. Every direction you go in does end in sea. Ah, but imagine the little pebbles all coming up and building pyramids. <laughs> That's true. All around the edge, just a big wall of pyramids protecting us from the sea monsters. Yes. Oh dear. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so intrigued to read the Einstein theories of a man who hasn't had any education whatsoever and can't write yes. it is sad that his reviews were so bad because usually for these self-published things by nutcases a true believer will give it a nice review just you know because they are prepared to buy into it but somebody who wanted to be a true believer couldn't even bring themselves to give it any more than a two-star review yeah how sad it is that's really yeah. it's a real real shame uh, oh by the way that whole amazon thing with drones is a load of rubbish oh it is i mean they had yeah. they said we're not going to be able to do this for you know a long time and ever but here's a test one and they, met, no, they built one didn't they that flew apart no, it's nonsense or... It's nonsense. Pe- pe- people will, 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 will throw rocks at them, will shoot them down, or just steal them when they land. It's ridiculous. Well, in, in, yes, in terms of uh, as, as a delivery system, it seems to somewhat flawed. Yeah, it's just ludicrous. I, I, and I will give you um, one one reason. One? Yeah. I want you so, one, though. Well, I'll give you two, oh, two, because they're, but they're, they're related. Bicycles, supermarket trolleys, what have those taught us about things that, <laughs> things that, 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 that we trust people with? People do like to borrow them. You know, I think we're going to find a lot of these drones floating down canals. <laughs> this is better that way. <laughs> with their with their parcels, uh, with, with their parcels lovingly having been removed yes. from them. Or maybe, I mean, how much does one of those drones cost? Well, quite. You could, it's harder to. It, obviously, I'm not saying that postmen are free, mm. but it's much harder to sell them. <laughs> yes. I found it very difficult to sell my post lady the other day. They found her massively flawed because she can't speak English and seems unable to read an address, <laughs> which I imagine the drone would do better. Were you being a little bit racist there? No, she can't speak English and she finds it difficult to read addresses. I'm just being accurate. Okay, fair enough. I've got a great she, she, postman here. A postman or a postperson? Postman with a beard, to prove it. What do you um, think of John Hodgman? I, I, I like him, but never enough to pursue him. No, because he does actually do stand-up comedy and so forth, and I wondered whether it was worthwhile having a look. What I've heard is very funny. He's a very smart man, and he's a very kind of mm. techie geek man, which is... Which is but good. you don't like um, his podcast. I've never listened. Judge John Hodgman. You did listen oh, to Judge John Hodgman once. Yeah, I listened to a few of them, but it was... Do you know what was wrong with it? No. It was the, Jesse Thorne probably. I don't like him. Well, it was uh, it, Jesse Thorne is a, is a bit of a a bit of a blowhard, but mm. it was um, oh there go our chances of being in their little uh, podcast network. Mm. I've blown it. That's they've blown it. Now we've given up our chance of using half the episode each time to promote other people's podcasts and beg people for money. That's right. Oh, what a pity. We've ruined yeah. everything. Um, yeah. No, but the main problem with it, with it was that they weren't all in the same place and it had that awkwardness of two people talking over Skype. I hate that. Yes, very bad. But I can't stand Genuinely, that I was my problem. I, 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 ah, you're funny. I am. But genuinely, that was the issue I took with it was that, that John Hodgman just seemed very detached from the whole process and it just felt awkward. Yes. Yeah, but I thought you, you you know all about comedy and comedians, so I thought you'd know about his stand-up. I've heard, like I say, what I've heard has been very funny. 
We watched um, the Craig Dealer the other day with uh, with Daryl Brien. Oh, he's good, isn't and he? We were very. I was very impressed with his ability to improvise. You know, the audience would shout things at him, and he would just turn it into a routine. And the whole the sharp mind there. Have you seen mind. his? Uh, and, go on. Uh, we we watched it with my ninety something granny, and she liked it as well. Yeah, that's so it's an impressive ability to make everybody laugh. Have you seen his stuff on uh, homeopathy? Yes, it's very entertaining. Uh, last night, Randy, he did stargazing again with uh, everybody's favourite science man. Do you know? I watched his uh, Doctor Who lecture the other day. I haven't seen it. It was quite. I was expecting it to be awful. It was quite good, and not only was the the lecture quite good, but mm-hmm. the um, they filmed some stuff with him on the TARDIS with Matt Smith as the Doctor, which mm-hmm. from the writing had been written by Moffat, and it was Moffat at his absolute best. It was superb banter. It was really genuinely funny sequences. They weren't awkward or lazily written. Can can you please tell our American listeners what Doctor Who is? <laughs> I, think... I mean, obviously they'll know what the Archers is, but. <laughs> Doctor Who's enormous over there now. Is it? Yeah. Bigger than it was. An awful well, lot. Well, you can see it's, it's obviously written to be enormous over there. Yes, absolutely. I think this is... Let's just say. I was thinking that about Sherlock too. I was thinking about... Do you remember how drama in the 80s and 90s on British TV always had swearing and boobs in it and now never does? Yes. Um, because obviously they can't sell it to an, Amer- to an American network if it's got swearing or boobs. They could sell it to HBO, but I imagine HBO probably doesn't really buy stuff in. No, I think it? they do. They co- the BBC certainly co-produce stuff with HBO, but yeah, that would be it. They don't actually buy stuff in there, that's right. Ah, well, that's an interesting point. Yeah, I've noticed that actually British um, drama has been very denuded. Indeed, it's been tamed. Ah, that's a pity. Because I remember you could watch ITV at eight, oh, yes. 8.30 in the evening and you could, mm-hmm. see, you could see boobs. Well, nine. No, no, no. Um, that's what I'm saying. I remember watching an episode of Dennis Thatcher. You've talked about you've talked about this before. It's stay yes. lucky, Dennis yeah. Thatcher's... Before nine, you could see Margaret. You could see Margaret with her boobs exactly. out. Exactly, mean... Margaret Thatcher before nine o'clock with her boobs out. <laughs> it's amazing. It sounds like a different country. <laughs> it was much better in the eighties when there was swearing and nudity on the telly. There did seem to be less prudery about... There, seemed to there was about nudity, not about swearing, although funny enough. I mean, swearing on TV is totally, you know, in the UK, obviously in America, you, you, you say uh, you say ass and hole without a, a long enough pause, and you actually you actually go, you get beheaded, it's still... That's, <laughs> oh, yes, that's right. That's what happens over there. But over here, I mean... Anyway, there is, there is no over there, it's all just, uh, it's all just a frozen tundra. That's true. When uh, Spaced was being made... Um, whenever mm-hmm. that was, many years ago, uh, they were allowed two... F- 1872. That's it. They were allowed two F-words an episode. That was the Channel 4 budget for for the F-word. <laughs> two and a half an hour. Can you imagine that? Restri- you know, Channel 4 sitcoms now, it, it, it's just, you know, it's just a common, it's as common as and <laughs> in the script. So that, that stuff has become much more liberal, but the nudity mm. just seems to have vanished away. Of course. Uh, do you see your favourite city with the lake fro- completely frozen midway? Do you know I haven't actually been looking at all the the, the porn the, uh, the the freezy porns. Yeah, you will love the photos of Chicago where the you can see the the lake is. You can sort of see how the 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 wave was frothing up on the shore and just froze. And it's, it looks like something out. As somebody said, it looks like a CGI element onto which somebody is going to superimpose um, Tom Cruise running. Excellent. Uh, and you'll enjoy you'll enjoy the shot. And then there are other photographs and, and indeed videos of people who get a boiling kettle of water and th- 
hurl it into the air and it turns to <gasps> snow in the air. Wow. It's that he cold. He said it was minus 40 Celsius in Michigan. It was, and, and it's going to go up to minus 50. But, um, literally, literally colder than many parts of Mars. But isn't it, wouldn't you die if you went outside in minus 40? Well, somebody did in Minnesota and they've lost their, their, their feet. They, they, as, a, as a joke, they went outside with barefoot and um, they don't have feet now. Oh no, that's awful. Because all that's gone from the front page of the BBC now because now it's, it's now legal for the police to just shoot anyone. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. The police can just shoot you now and no one's, it's, it's okay. Really? Mark du- I didn't know. The Mark Duggan shooting has been declared lawful. So an unarmed man shot by the, poli- well, by he, the police. Well, nobody, he, he was armed, I think. No, he wasn't. That's what the court has found, that he was unarmed. And the court, despite finding that he was unarmed, have found it to lawful killing. Yeah, they probably found that he probably would have been armed. What? I think they've decided he probably would have been armed. And so it's fine anyway. Jurors jurors concluded that Mr. Duggan did not have a gun when he was shot by officers. They also said Mm. it was more likely than not that Mr. Duggan had thrown a gun from a taxi just before he was killed. Hmm. So there you go. Well, well, you know, I can't get too upset about that because we we know that this is a country where anything can be censored at any time anybody can be shot at any time and anybody be, can be arrested for anything at any time so what's <laughs> that, that's where we are it's fine it's fine i, I wish I, I wish that was slightly exaggerating the situation do you know who i like though who, Dave, whom do you like? david cameron that david cameron yes he's so sincere he's a good sort and i agree with all of the decisions that he is making hmm he doesn't, but yeah, we do. <laughs> What's interesting is when you look at the um, w- when you look at the pie chart of where Social Security is spent, and something like fifty yes. percent, the big purple chunk is on on um, pensions. pensions, which they've promised they are not going to touch, and they're going to increase beyond the rate of inflation for the next billion years. Mm-hmm. And then I think about what Russell Brand said, and I think no, that proves he was incorrect because if the youth were as interested in voting and as clear about voting for their own interests as the old people were, we'd steal all the money back from the olds. Yes. We, as if I'm young. But yeah, actually, yeah. we are compared to... We'd like, like we're like we're going to get a pension. <laughs> Pensions. That's a funny little notion, aren't they? Are you actually... Are you, are you saving money for a pension? Uh, not for a pension, but uh, the, uh, the financial advisor bloke, he suggested we didn't... They said it wasn't worth putting a pension. It just makes more money to make more sense. <laughs> makes more sense to put money in savings right now. Yeah. No, I, I'd say that I'm, I'm just... I cannot see that the maths doesn't work. I cannot see pensions being worth anything no. by the time we need them. No. So, yeah. So <laughs> I was I was thinking that in um in a few decades time as historians look back on this period of time in Britain. Well, you assume there'll be historians. Well, let's assume that the human race doesn't erupt into 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 nothingness. Um mm-hmm. There will be there will be a, fan, a fascination by what happened in in Britain in in the in the the first couple of decades as the British public voted and in fact campaigned for its own mm-hmm. destruction. 
Really? Would you say so? The 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 the, well, they the, had, the they, successful they, hoodwinking of two two crucial lies. One, th- two things that just are flat out no true, no evidence for them, no beginning or ending of evidence, nothing. Just pure mm-hmm. p- pure lies. One that there's an immigration problem, and two that there's a welfare problem. Well, there there could be an immigration problem. I'm worried that we're not getting enough immigrants. Well, this, I mean, States. certainly for the NHS, that seems to be a problem right now. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So yeah. So there's there's these two extraordinary lies, and there's and they're they're amazing lies because they're everyone telling the lie. Uh, from a government perspective, knows that they're lying. No one in the government yes. thinks there's a problem with welfare or a problem with, with I- immigration because they get to see the numbers and they know that there isn't. They know it's quite the reverse. Yes. But the na- they, they've managed to pick these two extraordinary lies that are so damaging to the country that the country is well, delighted I'm... to have told to them. No, but I'm not actually blaming the politicians as much as you might be. I think a lot of them are, it's because people are vile actually and i think politicians would prefer you know i don't actually think in this case the politicians would like the british public to be quite so anti-immigrant because frankly getting immigrants is quite useful for the companies that pay the conservative party you know cheap labor and so on so i think this is an interesting case where it's actually the vileness of the public which is then appealed to i people's worst instincts are being appealed to for cynical reasons but it's because they're worst instincts that are there in the first place that they are allowed to be appealed to. If you see what I mean, right? So, so I don't think I don't think we get off scot free. I'm afraid. But this does that argument doesn't work for welfare. You think not? No, not at all. Because the the welfare there's there is no the the the, the hatred. The, you know, it's ob- It's not. Surely, no one is in denial that this is this is the long term conservative goal coming. You know, finally they finally managed to do it. To, to destroy the NHS, to destroy the wealth. Things they ha- always hated and never thought should be there that became mm. institutionalised into British life. They've, now, yes. they've, they've done it. They, they have, they have, they've managed to achieve what no other Conservative politician was able to do for the whole of the you know, second half of the 20th century. They've managed to make the, the public turn against the systems which support it. Yes. But... One wonders what the end game is for that. I, I, that's what I'm wondering too. I mean, so they have this, you know, Osborne has this this ideal, to, you know, he. So the, the, the fact that he, there's no, there's no. I really want to make it clear that I'm not just kind of like touting conspiracy theories, just stating just sheer facts. Well, let's not stay. Let's let's assume that these people aren't actually comic book evil and actually think that they're doing something that's that's good for the long-term future well, no, no, good for their good for their long-term future and i think that's really crucial because the fact that osborne says you know we need to make another 26 billion dollars of cuts and, and and or 24 and 12 billion of those well, dollars we, yeah, but are going to come out we of welfare affo- yeah but we can't afford to borrow 100 billion pounds a year we can't do that that's actually unsustainable yes i agree with that but it's when he says that money needs to come out of welfare when he well, knows clearly, full well the money yeah. could you know when when you've got was it 1.2 billion dollars missing in in, in 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 incorrectly claimed welfare and 120 billion dollars in missing tax from corporations I, we we use pounds not dollars oh i don't know why i was saying dollars i got insane but yes pounds so when, when that the, the proportions of that insane when there are in fact 1.4 billion pounds of rightfully owed and unclaimed welfare yeah but one wonders welfare. how much of that is also just propaganda for the other side i don't believe any of those figures either what i what i am interested in and where his maths and his claims stopped working was with Trident. Right. At that point, 
that would have been a very easy saving had it been done early enough. And it's an utterly useless project that will never, ever at all provide what it claims to provide, even if you wanted it. So therefore, one of two things has happened. Either he believes that it is useful, despite what everybody says, or he believes that it's a useful Keynesian thing because it will cost more to fire all the people who would build these bombs and submarines than it would to pay the money to build it. But in that case, if he's such a Keynesian, why isn't he a Keynesian in all other respects as well? So that doesn't work, or it's just that they've been bribed to do it. There's no, there was no good answer about, about Trident, and of course the Liberal Democrats immediately capitulated. Of course they did. But that's, 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 that's their job. But that's, I would actually be prepared to accept that there need to be certain cuts in certain parts of the Social Security budget so long as everywhere else had been cut first like, for example, the military uh, and various other budgets like that. And frankly, also, if we're, if we're going to have to go down that route, then, yeah, you do actually look at the pensions budget mm-hmm. and you say, well, as much as I'd hate it, maybe some sort of means testing of that would need to happen. Also, and that you Not that I'd want to, but it's like that's not even looked at as an option. That's, that's yeah. as if that's, that's a shibboleth. And you can't discount the tax thing out of hand, even though it's... I know it's too it's too cliche a thing, but you can't discount it because just look at the investigations Private Eye did into into what happened with Vodafone and stuff like that, where the government knowingly and colluding with these companies changed the laws such that they would never have to pay these billions of pounds in tax. You can't. Well, maybe. Well, maybe it's because they know that these companies would end up never paying it anyway somehow, and they thought, well, this is the best of a bad lot. At least they'll be paying some employment tax. Whereas if we if we pushed them hard on this, they'd move offshore, completely close down the companies. I mean, those that's a charitable view, mm-hmm. is that these corporations are so powerful that the moment you try and push them too far, you'll end up hurting yourself even more. Perhaps, or perhaps you could make... I, I don't know. I don't, obviously, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm completely an expert. I'm just... I'm mm. just angry at the hate the hatred of poor people that has been sowed and so successfully sowed such that the work that to be on welfare now is to be evil yeah but that was done much earlier in america clinton did that in america but that doesn't that yeah. didn't affect us that's when workfare began yeah but we always you know we're, we're always 10 to 20 years behind america in whatever they do aren't we jim has an interesting theory that um the American aspiration to the the aspiration to to an American style system over here has has been a huge driving factor in terms of the quality of life. Um, he said that even Paul Dacre apparently came back from America and said, "Oh my goodness, we have we have such poor quality of life compared to them," and so we have as a nation been. Who, a, hold on, who's who is we? The, the American poor? And no, no, this is the point. This is the point. So terrible. You no, know, this life. is the point. So you go over to as a middle class person, you go over to America and you experience this extraordinary world of cheap outdoor, cheap restaurant dining, um, just everything being designed around the consumer in a in a constructive and positive way, and you have such a positive and, and pleasant experience as. As a consumer in America, and so you come mm, back and you say, you, but then you actually hold it. But then you look at their actual infrastructure, yes, yes, it, infrastructure, things like bridges and uh, and 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 highways, freeways, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. This uh, is my point. So you come back home and you say, I want that stuff, and we've aspired to it and aspired to it. But what no one recognised was the ex- the other extreme in America was the, the poverty. 
Mm. We don't have trailer parks in, in England. We didn't have trailer parks in England. And that was for a reason, because people weren't living at those extremes of poor en masse in a socially acceptable way. So yes. we as a middle classes went to America, aspired toward this, this love. And it's true, I aspire to it too. When I go to Chicago, I come home and I hate Britain when I come back from Chicago. It's, it's, it just, I despise it for how badly organised and run it is. But then, of course, I completely forget about, you know, if I'm in San Francisco or Chicago, the fact that I'm stepping over homeless people in the streets. Well, I was shocked by that in San Francisco. It's, oh, God, in San Francisco, it's so hideous. It's made, uh, you, you're just dozens and dozens of mentally ill people lying yeah. there on the streets while all the happy... Um, bay people the so-called liberal bay people the tech firms and that just don't see them just oh we're we're liberal hello we're liberal let's just step on you as we walk to our our little boutique but you literally and, in san francisco you literally have to step over them yeah uh, it's 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 hideous beyond beyond belief and yeah but you do no, like, what's hideous still... is no what no what is more hideous about it is that the so-called one of them the, the most liberal town in the most yeah. liberal state sort of just giggles about it or doesn't talk about it at all. Absolutely, yeah. I think that's the most hideous thing. How, how dare they consider themselves liberal or liberated by by saying that? I think they're, they're kind of the worst of the most decadent sort of people. If you know, All the Googlers and the Applers in that part of the world probably whinge about paying tax, and yet they're stepping over these people. Mm-hmm. And as you say, so many are mentally ill and should be in, in care. Yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't, and sincerely, I've thought about, well, should I, should I try and find a way to live in America? And that, plus, of course, as we talked about before, the death penalty and the Mm -hmm. health, and that actually puts me off to a large degree, because to be fair to this soggy little island, that's something (laughs) which we, you know, we had it to a degree in the 80s with the late 80s with the Tories and some of the homelessness around London and that kind of thing. But we don't allow it to that degree. Not yet. Well, what I'm hearing we from might. what I'm because obviously I don't live in London, but what I'm hearing now is those those um, where where was the cardboard village? Where did that happen? Well, by under Waterloo. Yeah, apparently Waterloo. it's now predominantly uh, people from uh, Romania and. Um, well, that's okay. those are humans. Those, those are vampires. Oh, I see. Of course, mm. but that makes a totally different thing. I don't know why anyone's worrying. But yes, apparently what, all we've yeah. done is upgraded our homelessness to uh, to the um, people from overseas whom we hate even more than our own. Well, that's fine. Oh. We don't have to look after them because they're evil. Evil come over here stealing our homeless positions. <laughs> yes. Right here. Well, that's been a cheerful topic for the 150th episode. Shall we say goodbye to our listener? We haven't even been rude about David Blunkett. Oh, we can be. We'll be rude about him in the next episode. Believe me. Okay. We know how much we love blind people. Ah, <laughs> the blind. I really hope we have some blind listeners listening, so they can hear how much I hate them. <laughs> With their super hearing. Oh, they're probably not even listening, and they can hear me saying it. The blinds. Blinds. Ugh. Cheerio. Uh, we should probably say a muted, very big thank you to our special guest, whom I won't name. Wah. <laughs> And um, yeah, here's hey Nick, Nick, hey Nick, mm-hmm. hey Nick. Here's yes. to 150 more. <sighs> uh.